That's the only cool thing the cops ever did for me. <laughs> is not taking <laughs> not, not take my hot Sega. <laughs> hey Roaches, I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Welcome to Thrifty Podcast, second-hand shopping for worm people. I'm your host, Toddy, back for another week of slamming and bamming to the Goodwill outlet with the best co-host in the world, Josh Last Call Larkin, sitting to my right. How yeah. you doing, Josh? Doing well. We braved the uh, the like the spring rainstorm today mm-hmm. that was happening intermittently. We saw some soaking wet people in goodwill but we came out dry couches too oh some of that was really nice stuff that just got wrecked ruined Uh, but you and i did not we we came out well today and dry we had a good haul too we had a great haul um and and about that uh i guess uh summer is it june yet no tomorrow well yes it is actually it's sunday today. by the time you're listening to this it is june today is not but very soon is but if you're listening this it is june and it seems like that we got to the goodwill outlet while we were inside it stormed to high heaven outside and the people who dropped off their uh wares and their clothes uh, they they dropped them off, um, and it was uh, hard to get in when we walked in because it was just blocking all kinds of furniture was blocking all the way, and so that furniture never made it into the door, so it got ruined. It probably smells like a dog right now. There's, Water couch. I mean, the inside is packed with furniture. It's got more furniture in it right now than we've ever seen, and people keep bringing stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just piling we up. lost bins the back of the room has no bins because there's furniture where the bins used to be please go buy fucking furniture from goodwill <laughs> so we can get our bins back we need our bins back but what we do have back is a nomination for pittsburgh's best podcast that's right Thrifty Podcast is nominated for Pittsburgh's Best Podcast because you, the Roach Coach, nominated us. So thank you for nominating us, and we got enough nominations that now it comes to a, down to a final vote, and so it's going to be a race to the finish between Pittsburgh-based podcasts. So even if you don't live in Pittsburgh and you listen to the show, we'll tell you how you can vote. If you go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly backslash best of pit 19, and I'm new, I'm new to, to bit.ly, cast your vote for Thrifty Podcast for best Pittsburgh podcast. Pit with two T's, just like Thrifty. Uh, we also want to give a thank you to our new listeners who are subscribing on Podcoin, our new sponsor, Podcoin. So if you're uh, a Part of the PodCoin family, pretty much the weirdest, coolest podcast app so far that I've found. Welcome new listeners to the Thrifty Universe. With this, you can get paid. You mm-hmm. can get little uh, PodCoins, and you can use them towards gift cards, or if you're good of heart, you can donate them towards charity rather than giving Jeff Bezos more money. And uh, you don't want to do that, but you do want to uh, download all your podcasts from PodCoin. The more hours you listen, you get PodCoin for it. And those coins from the charity, as Josh said, or you could get a Starbucks gift card, Amazon gift card. So if you're listening from PodCoin, thank you. But before we get into our thrift haul, we have a lot of announcements as well this week. It's heavy because we're coming out of, we've been like, like, 
I've been called not a bear, but an otter. They don't hibernate, but bears do. And coming, uh, you know, out of winter into spring and now really summer, where everything's heating up. We got stuff going on. It is heating up for sure. And uh, so next week's episode, it's going to be a, a different episode than what we've uh, done in the past. Friend of the show, Shane Becker, they're also local to Pittsburgh, uh, buys and sells vintage. And uh, we actually met thrifting once upon a time. And Shane wants to take me on his thrifty excursion. So apparently that he goes to about 12 to 14 thrift shops in a row and kind of makes a loop back home. And he goes from like 7 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. So um, if you're listening on Sunday when this podcast drops, I'm talking about tomorrow. But on Monday, check out Thrifty Podcast's Instagram because you will see photos of the whole Thrifty excursion. I'm going to be taking photos uh, not only inside, but we're going to take a picture of every single thrift store that we go to and our finds and record an episode about it. So next week's episode, big episode, our first ever Thrifty excursion. I think you should be blindfolded in between each thrift stop. Ooh, okay. Just to add to the element, so you don't know which one you're going to, okay. which direction in the city you're headed. So he has to blindfold me. You just, yeah, I mean, you could just take off your glasses. <laughs> all That's good enough. You're not going to see shit, but, you know, a blindfold would do the trick, too. Yeah, Um. so uh, my friend will have to blindfold. Could you imagine seeing two people rolled up, like, rolling up to the thrift store, one driving and the other blindfolded in the passenger seat and that one young man unblinds the other young man and then they just walk inside his friends like what would you think to see that i mean we saw an entire group of people methed out of their minds today so oh yeah i I mean we see a lot of weird stuff out there yeah unfortunately we i think uh they were using meth, unfortunately. Either that or they drank the old milk that was oh. in the back corner that we found in a baby bottle. We found old milk, but where new milk will be on June 15th, we have the effing cookout. That's right, the bad word cookout. That's also going to be happening in Pittsburgh, PA. And from what I understand, some guy's backyard which is going to be wild. It's one of Sykes' boys, so you can vouch for it. Yeah. Um, so start the beat with Sykes. Uh, ghoul on Ghoul and also our friends in Neon Brainiacs. We're teaming up, the four of us again, to put on a live podcast show. It's coming up June 15th. There is a, uh event on Facebook. Just type in the bad word cookout. Click going or even lie. Click interested. Four podcasts. We're going to be podcasting all day. Uh, Ghoul on Ghoul and Neon Brainiacs are going to do a uh, sort of a, I guess they're uh, projecting a movie on the house while it's dark. And that's June 15th at the Bad Word Cookout. And I'll leave the next announcement for next week because we just have too many announcements. There's so much hot shit coming, so stick with it. Check out the Instagram for the excursion. It's going to be a good summer. It's going to be a great summer. Um, so, yeah, so let's head uh, over to our thrift haul. As you mentioned, we had some unusual characters this week. We also found, uh, gross find, a bottle, a baby's bottle with a little bit of milk at the bottom. It was, uh, yeah, like a good, I would say, inch, inch mm-hmm. and a half worth of milk in it. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm, That's yeah. going to be the episode title, Inch, Inch and a Half, Maybe of Milk. <laughs> I gagged upon discovery because you're like you just pointed and because we were looking for the shark tooth yeah that we had seen previously with my name on it because I would have bought it today uh, but unfortunately instead of the hidden treasure I got sour milk mm. the hidden treasures we did uncover uh, this week and also today first on the list huge find clutch find and I will say. Pat myself on the back for this one because I saw it coming out in one of the bins, uh, strategically positioned myself so when the bin would stop, I would be right in front of it, and then I attacked like a lion on a piece of meat, and what I have is a Sega Genesis from 1994. It's the second model of the Sega Genesis, and it came with six controllers, all of them fully functioning, 
Way more than you need with one Sega Genesis. I only needed two. I only needed two controllers. There were six, so I got six in the lot. Um, there was two RF units, which is like the adapter that goes into the back. That's what you needed. For the youngins, mm-hmm. you used to need that to do anything with a television. Yeah, you would have to put uh, the RF unit would have to go into the back of the television, and then your cable wire or your power would then go into the other RF unit. So it would be in between the power cable and your TV. So many fond memories of going to Radio Shack upon opening something and realizing you need that. Mm-hmm. And Radio Shacks, there barely even is Radio Shacks anymore, but those were clutch. That's all Sega Radio days. Shack does or did for 10 years was sell RF adapters. They came with nine games as well. Uh, Whosoever Sega this formerly was, I got NHL 94, NHL 95, Bill Walsh College Football, World Series Baseball, and World Championship Soccer 2. So that's all the sports titles. And then the, the if you want to talk about the heavy hitters. Not a basketball fan. Not a basketball fan. There was a lot of golf back then, too, and no golf in here. Um, the heavy hitters that I got, I got Aladdin, sick game. And then I got Sonic the Hitchhog 2, sick game. Pac-Man 2, and Street Fighter 2. All the twos. I have, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five twos. Five twos. Well, that's because the first Street Fighter, nobody played. Mm-hmm. Like, Street Fighter wasn't good until Street Fighter 2, and then everybody, like, that was the one that was in the arcade, and everybody was like, this is the shit. And I remember the Mortal Kombat of the era, Mortal Kombat 2, was on uh, that particular system as well, and that was, like, the banger. And a lot of the games that were on Sega, there was sometimes, uh, like, if you would go to an arcade, you would see that same game in the arcade so you could like play it at home and play it at the arcade were you an arcade person yeah oh i was an arcade kid like i was a mall rat as a kid like we would get dropped off at the mall and i lived in a small town so we would hang out at the mall and then like maybe walk to the other plaza and then sometimes we would then walk to the bowling alley but we were always in the arcade uh aerosmith's game Mm -hmm. uh, with the guns that was hot uh, Tekken, I was really, really into Tekken in Ooh, the arcade. Yeah. Okay, I did that too. Yeah, uh, King Puma was still mm-hmm. and will always be my guy on Tekken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we played a lot of fighting games, and uh, the original like uh, Double Axe or uh, Double uh, Dragon? No, uh, Golden Axe. Golden Axe. Okay. Golden Axe. Yeah, with the uh, where you could be the uh, the big muscular guy in the blue, the lady in red, huh. or the little. I don't remember that one. In green. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was a good one too. It had like three player setup. And so you went from one mall to another mall to a bowling alley? Yeah, because in the mall had the arcade, and like we had some friends that worked in the mall. So we'd like stop and get a pretzel from our friend and like go to the music store, go to the arcade, like hang around. And then the other plaza had the video store. Oh, okay. So we okay. would go there, maybe like get some movies, get some games, and then we would just walk to the bowling alley and like bowl a game or two. So it was like fun errands almost, like a, f- a fun errand after a fun errand. It was like an hour at each spot, you know? It was like a three-hour jaunt in that's, a small town. That's Like chill. an hour at each spot. And, mm-hmm. like, that's what kids did. Like, in our town, you would just get dropped off at the mall and, like, walk around and, like... <laughs> Do the lap. <laughs> everybody was there. Yeah, there were fights back then. And, mm-hmm. like, you could smoke cigarettes in the mall. You could smoke cigarettes in the mall? Oh, brother, it was the Wild West in the 90s. You were a child, though. Oh, I mean, like... child Children were smoking? It was before 9-11. Security in the mall was real lax. <laughs> and, and, and kids could smoke cigarettes pre-9-11. Oh, we, yeah, we smoked all kinds of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, like, we couldn't buy them, but, like, we would... That's when uh, the only time I ever took cigarettes out of, like, the ashtray, because people would just, you know, like, half them out and, like, go into their store. Mm-hmm. And you just pick up a Newport with, like, pink lipstick and just, like, cut, take a couple drags. That's cool, dude. Yeah, I did that. No, I what I meant, I didn't do any of that. I'm saying I did I went to arcades as well and I was an arcade boy and there would be different malls and each mall had an arcade, but I was maybe just a couple of years younger so I didn't have any like older friends yet to hang out with. So it was my uncle. My uncle stepped up to the plate and would take me to these different malls to play them. And um, and that's why I mentioned that because at the time I also had a Sega. 
And a lot of the games I had on Sega, I would play in the arcade and come home. But Sega at home was pretty dope because, as I mentioned on the show prior, I had a Nintendo. I We skipped Super Nintendo. I didn't, I didn't get that. I don't know if I... I think I just played my Nintendo so much that it was like it kept... I didn't need another thing. And I remember when I got a Sega, it was like a huge deal because... Uh, you know, we didn't always have like the, the most money and me getting a Sega was like the coolest thing. Um, but I remember, as you mentioned with those RF units, like uh, you would have to un- unscrew the power cable from the back of the tube television, put it in there. I remember my mom doing that and she was setting it up and I had this like little ass entertainment center. And so she had to like squiggle her way under and then somehow manipulate her arm to go up because it still needed to plug into the TV. Through, like, that quarter inch of, like, old, like, mm-hmm. compressed cardboard. That With they the hole to... in? Yeah. So you'd have to put the cord through the hole and then pull it. And then it. fish it through. And, yeah, and nowadays it's just, like, you plug it in and it works. Yeah, Getting a Sega was, like, a seminal moment in my childhood for, like, very good and very bad reasons. Mm. It was, a like, Very good and bad. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever gotten into this in the podcast, but... I'm excited, I think. <laughs> I don't even know if you know this as my, my good friend, but in my youth, my family got hit by like a very known con artist who was on the FBI's Most Wanted list. Oh, yeah. And I she, do know part of this. She picked me up from soccer practice one day. She had like weaseled in, and this is like, you know, three quarters of the way through the story. And she said to me, she's like, just a regular day after soccer practice, she said, if you could have anything in the world... What would you want? And I was like, a Sega. Oh, dude, you and, told a... And we went to Montgomery Ward, and we bought a Sega Genesis. And Dang. that's how I got my Sega, and I loved it for well after she was in jail. Obviously, it's awful what they did, but if they, they're they in jail, and you still have a Sega about it, it's just like, okay, fair trade. I got the Sega. I mean, yeah, I got a Sega. My parents really bought me the <laughs> Sega, but like, yeah. I got a Sega, and she went to prison for getting me a Sega. Yeah, and so a lot of you might as stuff. well fucking keep it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cops didn't take it. Yeah, so that's oh well, that's cool. That's the only I guess. cool thing the cops ever did for me <laughs> is not take it, <laughs> not, not take my hot Sega. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Sonic Two was the game that uh, I believe came with my original Sega, and it was the introduction of Tails. And in the story itself, Sonic and Tails must stop Doctor Robotnik from stealing the Chaos Emeralds to power his space station, the Death Egg. I didn't remember this part. I had to look up, because I obviously played the game. I owned it. I played it a lot. But I didn't know what... I didn't know his ship was called the Death Egg until, like, 9.30 a.m. this morning. (laughs) I knew that he plotted evil things, but I didn't know, like, that there was really a story. Like, I remember breaking up his robot thing and, like, little animals would come out. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, you'd bounce on him. You'd bounce <laughs> yeah. on him. And, it, yeah. And little, like, you know, like, there'd be bunnies one level or, like, another animal. And I was like, I don't know why he's capturing these animals, <laughs> but this game is fun. Because all you had to do, because he had that, like, gray cylinder that he was, like, on top of that was his death egg. And then, yeah, as Sonic, you would just, like, propel yourself bounce off, bounce off, and then just like all video games of that time, when something was about to die, it would just start blinking because that's how you know. Yeah, sometimes it would smoke, but it was all, there was always a blink or a flash. And so that's how you know you were like messing it up, and then boom, it explodes, and there goes all the rabbits from the forest that I guess he took. <laughs> that's what powers the death egg bunnies. He's got like a bunch of little like treadmills, mm-hmm. you know, down below deck. And so I'm assuming with this Sega find that there was another Sega in play somewhere on the floor because, again, I originally had six controllers to this. It only needs two. Um, I gave two of the controllers away there, but it has two RF units, so there's not you're not going to have another RF unit and four more extra controllers if there's no other Sega. Or it's somebody like you who has, you know, like seven PlayStations and they were just like, <laughs> fuck it. I should probably get rid of one of these Segas and at least six of the 10 controllers I have. So, um, so if somebody dumped their lot, I, I, uh, I got it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, a lot we saw today, there was a record dump that, uh, that's like the first thing that we saw when we walked in. Cause you went over to it immediately and start flipping through, and uh, you did find a, a record. 
that you liked. Yeah, normally, like, when we see records in Goodwills, it's almost always, like, Andy Williams and Herb Alpert. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there were some good ones today. I got some compilations from Condor Records, and I got the classic Steve Martin, A Wild and Crazy Guy recording from 1978. That's awesome. And the... the art that's on the front is just him in the classic uh, rabbit suit um, <laughs> in black yeah. and white. The front, yeah, is the, the rabbit suit in black and white. The back is King Tut. The center fold, when it comes open, is him really strutting the guitar. It's in pristine shape, Yeah, um, and it's a great recording. This is uh, right before, a couple years, I think, before he just quit doing stand-up and he's like i don't want to do it anymore the first uh side is recorded one place and the second side is recorded somewhere else but there's like a tie-in that ties in both sets yeah so the first side it's a it's just of course two-sided because it's vinyl yeah uh so the first side is at a small club in uh san francisco i think it is and then the second side is in red rocks Mm. denver okay uh so it's king tut live at red rocks basically on the second side but the way that he transitions to it is through uh, like a budget report of mm-hmm. what he's actually making at the small place versus his desire to do $2 million in a single show. So it's a really clever transition into the way that they needed to record the album, and he actually prepared for it. Oh, so in between. So the joke starts one place and sort of concludes somewhere else. Transitions over to Red Rocks, then it goes into charitable kind of guy right after he talks about making $2 million. And the way that Steve Martin constructed it, and I think he teaches master classes on it, one of the best uh, comedic actors, uh, stand-up comedians, and just talented All really time. in yeah. everything he ever did. Mm-hmm. And he's been like 70 since like 1968. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a, a great album. It won a Grammy uh, it went double platinum. Uh, the Library of Congress. That's why he could store. get out, maybe, because he's like, I made, I did my, I had my opus and that that type of opus. Yeah, it's like, I don't need to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's, uh, yeah, so I think, so those three records, right? Because you yeah, got, got the got compilation. Three, uh, yeah, I got three records total today. The Condor records didn't have sleeves. but See, that's not bad. What was there? Probably like 15, something like that? Uh, no, I would say like 20, 25. 20? Okay, yeah. so more. Yeah, there were a lot uh, spread out that weren't in that initial stack that uh, uh, were like kind of, you know, horizontal laid out underneath some other stuff. It's still a good ratio. Yeah, it wasn't too bad amongst... All the other, like, crap. Like, people bought, just like nowadays, with, like, the the way CD market, like, still exists is, like, now that's what I call music. Mm -hmm. That market has existed for so long. There was a lot of that today. Um, There was, like, some TV show DVDs. That guy walked over to us and asked uh, asked both of us at the same time if we wanted old South Park DVDs. People kept offering us old DVDs of South Park and Monty Python and, like... We had a chance at them, and we never grabbed them. Like, we, we were right there next to those people. A lady actually complimented me. She leaned over while we were in the bins, and she's like, you smell nice. And I was like, ah. it caught me so off guard because somebody there today was not on nah. that end of the spectrum. And I was just like, huh. I just looked at her, and I was like, that's not what I was expecting to hear. And I was like, I appreciate cool. it, though. Cool. And yeah, and when we were digging through that, we also found uh, Die Hard, the PlayStation game. Die Hard is actually <laughs> three games in one on the PlayStation 2. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't, I've never played that Die Hard original. Uh, I played, I remember getting it very like vaguely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking one of them was good mm-hmm. and two of them were not great. Ooh. But I don't remember which is which. So it's one out of three chance. It might have just been one of those things on like the we talked about it before. The like the PlayStation disc is how mm-hmm. I played a lot of PlayStation games. So it might have just been like a demo of one that I played and that one is really good and I well, don't remember the other two and they're one all out of great. three. One out of three is better than three and twenty five. So hopefully I capitalize. But Die Hard for PlayStation Complete has the book. Has the uh, obviously has a game, no scratches, and in it was uh, we were we uh, we rarely dig in the same bin right next to each other because we kind of like spread out, but that was one we were right next to each other when we found, so that was kind of cool. For the next item of the thrift haul, uh, I had these when I was a bit younger too, and they add to my collection of spooky books. What I have are scary stories to tell 
in the dark. Um, and what I have is the original 1981 pressing of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And the second one I have is the Scary Stories Treasury, which came out in 2002, which is a, it acts as a compendium, which is the first three Scary Stories books in this treasury. So the first one's from 1981, and then this one's from 2002. So somebody stayed in a Scary Stories game for a long time. It still has the uh, the original drawings, and mm -hmm. that's what's the best part. Well, not the best part, because the stories are great. But Here, you could flip through this the, one. The original drawings in these, if anybody hasn't seen these. Yeah, it's uh, what the series is. It's a series of three children's horror books, and they were written by Alvin Schwartz and illustrated by Stephen Gamel, and they often were, parents hated them because they were, quote-unquote, too scary to look at for kids, but they were marketed to kids. You have the one with uh, Famous Harold on, yes. the, on the cover. Yep. Um, uh, featured prominently, they're making a movie out of this. There's a film adaption coming out uh, August 9th. 2019 the year of our lord this year genuinely looks like one of the scariest kids movies ever and i don't like horror movies and i'm excited for this and it's gonna scare me alvin schwartz who uh who wrote the books drew heavily from folklore did you have a, a favorite scary story to tell in the dark i i did uh it's actually from this book that i have uh so i have the one from 1981 the first one and you have the compendium um, it was uh, the hearse song. Do you remember the hearse song? I, I was actually just flipping through here, and I saw the hearse song. I don't remember it vividly, though. Mm -hmm. Well, the hearse song, it uh, <clears throat> it goes it, it goes something like it goes something like this. Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week. Then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat when you are dead. And that was the hearse song from the first one. I I I, uh, I didn't sing it, but I did try to put extra charisma on it. I like that. That was very, very well done. Mine's a little too long to read. I mm -hmm. love the story of Harold, but the big toe is my I was going to say the toe one. That one, I think, is one of the creepiest stories in the book, just because the little kid, like the drawing of the little kid, like mm -hmm. just very content to find a toe. Well, that was, as I mentioned, he took a lot of... Uh, uh, he t a lot of attention to detail, and he got a lot of his ideas from folklore. And originally, uh, that was an old tale that it was an arm and not a toe. And he was like, I wanted to make it more subtle because, spoiler alert, he eats the toe. In 2011, uh, as you s sort of mentioned before, they did a reprint of the series. But since, they, since parents said the illustrations were too scary, somebody else came in and drew them. And that nah. poor soul. <laughs> nah. <laughs> That's stepping into really, really big shoes. So that was our thrift haul for today. We got two spooky books. We got uh, three records. We got Sega. Um, we got Die Hard for PlayStation. Um, so when we come back after a, a short break here, another edition of Thrifty Trivia Trivia. Stay tuned. I think the most memorable experience I had in France was visiting the cathedral at Chartres. And if you've never been there, it's a beautiful 400-year-old uh, cathedral, beautiful stained glass, and it's, it was, I'll be honest with you, it's a very, very moving experience. And uh, as I was writing my name on it with a can of spray paint, I, I thought of a religious experience I had earlier, about six months ago. I was at home and an angel appeared before me and it's so much fun because you 
the best thing to do if an angel appears before you, you try and poke your hand through him. It drives them nuts. Whoa! Come on! But, you know, it's so hard to believe in anything anymore. You know that? Like, religion is so mythological, and it's always some story. You know, Biff came down from the sky with the magic golden rings. And science, on the other hand, is just pure empiricism, and uh, by virtue of its method, it excludes metaphysics. And I guess I wouldn't believe in anything if it weren't for my lucky astrology mood watch. <laughs> Hey everybody, I really do hope you enjoy listening to Thrifty, but as of now, did you know that you could actually get paid just for listening to Thrifty? I know it sounds weird, but it's true. We just discovered this new free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts, which is something you're already doing. And it works like this. You listen to podcasts on the app and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon for internet fans or Starbucks for coffee fans. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you got to do. Download the app on iPhone or Android and simply use our code THRIFTY and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and download the app and you could listen to Thrifty or honestly virtually any podcast on PodCoin. Just sign up with the code THRIFTY or get Roached. Welcome back to the second act of Thrifty Podcast. Josh is here with me. And coming up again, um, a very heated segment. And uh, Josh, do you have any thoughts going into this segment? Um, I don't believe you've got an answer correct. That's basically my thoughts going into it is that Man, it sure would be nice to get one of these right. <laughs> so you're not shooting to win. You're just shooting to, to be in the game. I think it might be a fun bit just to get all of them wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on purpose, but, <laughs> like, I mean, if others are enjoying, uh, I, I the misery is gone from it now, which is a mm-hmm. nice thing. Like, I've come complacent with... With the hurt? Yeah, with <laughs> just not getting it. So with I'm just like... Hurt? All right, like... Well, here's what happens. The last game we played, you destroyed me, and then we did a big live show, and I destroyed you. So what this could be, this could be my run as, um, should we say, the champion. This could be my run my run right here, but we're going to have a big show, and then you're just going to stomp me in it. You're going to embarrass me in front of everyone in it. We're going to hop into... Another hot, hot edition of Thrifty Thrivia Trivia. Check. One, two. Thrifty Thrivia Trivia. So for new listeners to the show, Thrifty Thrivia Trivia, we ask each other multiple choice questions based on the items that we found in our thrift haul. But multiple choice, A, B, C, and D. And D is what, Josh? D is always none of the above. Always none of the above. So I will be going first this week. So uh, the the first find that I found as a part of this week's thrift haul was the Sega Genesis. So our, my first question today will be Sega-related. Firing those video game questions at me. and mm-hmm. See, that's all like pre-drug use in my life. <laughs> so those memories get real hazy. I played a lot of games, but they all blend together. So the, the first question reads, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 captivated audiences with its 2D side-scrolling bright and colorful art and design. 
to this day, Sonic 2 is the second best-selling Sega game of all time. What is the first, Josh? A, Sonic the Hedgehog, one. B, Disney's Aladdin. C, NBA Jam. D, none of the above. Sonic 2, the second best-selling Sega game of all time. But what is the first? Sonic the Hedgehog 1, Disney's Aladdin, NBA Jam, none of the above. See, I thought it was going to be like Sonic 1, Sonic 3, <laughs> Sonic 2. Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles was my favorite just because I like Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's Aladdin. Okay. Um. Just because I played Aladdin, but like I don't think that was like uh, a huge demographic that we were buying it. Like I think you and I probably both rented Aladdin. Mm. Uh, I think I did own that one, but no, that was a rare one to own. Yeah. I wasn't like chapping at the yeah. bit to get it, but. And, and I think a lot of us had NBA Jam. Loved it. But I think even more of us had NBA Jam too. Mm, I never got two. I had one. Why are you the anomaly to all my thoughts? <laughs> I probably beat it in like three hours, you know? Like, or are you wrong? Is I, it best-selling? I could be, but I don't think Aladdin outsold Sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody who had a Genesis had to have Sonic. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like mandatory. But Sonic 2 came with a lot of, it came with a lot of systems. So does Sonic was Sonic one maybe a little bit before that though? Was it a little bit before its time? Because all the twos were huge. Mortal the, Kombat two, uh, Sonic two. The twos were huge, but I don't know if it counts as selling the game if it's included in the box when you buy the system. You know, mm-hmm. like if Sonic mm-hmm. two was in the box. That's with a the good Genesis, point. I don't like, know that. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes this game even more great. Fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I'm going to go, I, I think it had, I mean, Sonic's the mascot, like, mm-hmm. he's got to be. He's the launch guy. He's the yeah, launch Yeah, like, guy. Aladdin's not out there shilling Segas, any- well, they don't make Segas anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, I think. Because they didn't have Aladdin shilling out there, maybe. Maybe yeah. if they did. Yeah, I mean, Aladdin and Sonic both got movies right mm-hmm. now, so uh, I, I think I'm going to have to go with A, Sonic. To this day, Sonic 2 is the second best-selling Sega game of all time. The first best-selling Sega game is A, Sonic the Hedgehog. Josh is on the board, baby. Yeah, collecting those rings. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, this is the end of uh, uh, stage one for you. You're bouncing on Dr. Robotnik's little uh, death egg. You've released the rabbits, and you're ready to play ball. I'm glad that, I mean, I was, I mean, I even played Sonic Pinball, and, like, mm-hmm. they don't make a pinball game about you unless you make a lot of money for the company. Yeah. Sonic and Knuckles, you mentioned that. Um, it was, like, the black, all-black cartridge, right? The all-black one, it just said Sonic in blue and Knuckles in red. Yeah, yeah. it was, like, no graphic on it. It was just, like, real, like, yeah. tough. It was, yeah. like, they were done messing around. Yeah. Uh, and I'm apparently done messing around in trivia with the correct one answer. One out of now. one. All right. One out of one. You know, build me up, and I'll fall right back down. One so. out of one. Yeah, this is the one I get right. But... Uh, so I picked up uh, the Steve Martin album today, mm-hmm. uh, and as we were kind of talking about, throughout his career, Steve Martin's done a lot. Um, I mean, he's got a band now. He's still on late night shows. He's still touring. He's got a Netflix thing. He's still the same age as he was 30 years ago. He's still exactly the same, yeah. And uh, so the question that we're going to lead off with is, what was Steve Martin's very first job? Steve Martin's first job. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Was he A, a magician's assistant? Was he B, a Disneyland employee? Was he C, in a barbershop quartet? Or was he D, none of the above? Okay. Steve Martin's first job. I don't think it's Barbershop Quartet. Hell of a singer, though. Hell of a singer, though. But I don't think that was his first job because I don't think that was his first. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's the first thing he does right out of the gate because you have to assume he's a younger 
younger Steve Martin, and he's not going to start there. So the first one, again, was A, Magician's Assistant, B, Disneyland Employee, C, Barbershop Quartet. D, none of the above. Okay. Um, A, Magician's Assistant is really sticking out to me because that seems kind of up his alley. I could see him doing the J-O-B at Disney, though, but did he live in that area at that age? I don't believe so. Um, So I'm going to say Steve Martin's first job was A, a magician's assistant. Oh, I'm really glad that you mentioned where he grew up. Yes, uh, because it was like two miles from Disney. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I I just didn't think he lived there. Well, his yeah, his first job was actually selling the guidebooks at Disney. So it was B. It was B. Disneyland employee. He uh, and magician's assistant was in there as kind of the red herring because at Disney he moved up and he got a job at the magic shop. Okay. And that's where he learned to do magic. So my memory wasn't exactly... He does know how to do magic, yeah. uh, but he learned it at Disney. It wasn't his first job. It wasn't his and first was job. And that was what we were looking for. And that's... Yeah, so you've got the strike. Okay, so you are ahead one to zero. Um, this is the final act for you. See if you could get two for two. So we talked about the Sega Genesis, Sonic 2... Another big part of my thrift haul this week was scary stories to tell in the dark. And this will be in reference to those books. Elfin Schwartz only implied violence in his stories. And when researching Ozark folklore for inspiration, he read one story that even for him was too dark to write a story about. What happened in that story, Elvin Schwartz, a tale too dark for him to even write. And now this is a synopsis. This and and the where did the story? story, where did the story originate? What's, what do you mean? He, what kind of folklore was he looking into with the story? Ozark folklore? Ozark, okay. Yes, yeah. So this is what he was looking for. And this is a synopsis. This isn't the whole story. No, read but, me. I want the entire story. So Just I, edit it down for the podcast. I, I, I only, well, only one of these is, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you now, three of these are a lie. So I can't be doing that. So what story couldn't he write? A... Family accidentally ate dead pet. B, poor parents murdered rich son because they didn't recognize him. C, bees made a nest in a man's brain. D, none of the above. What story could Alan Schwartz find too dark to write a story about? Family accidentally ate a dead pet. Parents kill rich son because they didn't recognize him. Bees... Made a nest in a man's brain. And then D, guess what? None of the above. All Those right. are all goofballs. So I've got I've got a gut feeling on this one, and we'll, we'll see if we can go two for two. But mm-hmm. I don't think that it is C, uh, because I think he would write a story about bees in a brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's right up his alley. I think that could probably, if you told me there was a story in the third one, which I never read, about a guy having bees in his brains, I'd believe you. You'd be- Yeah. Made a uh, nest, specifically made a nest in his brain. Yeah, I mean, okay. whatever they're doing in there, they're in there. I mean, yeah. once, they're, <laughs> once they're in there, they could be... There's pl- a bunch of them. Yeah, they could be playing fucking fiddles for all you care. They're in your brain. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's A either. I think the uh, the family eating the pet, uh, I think that takes a lot to like accidentally kill and then eat your own pet. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like, you know, like the KFC rat story, you know, like eating a rat and a chicken. Like that yeah. I could, you know, get down with. But being from the Ozarks, like it's not a thing where you want to encourage people to go away. It's a family-oriented, very like centric thing. So like mm-hmm. I think the story of like if you go away and come back unrecognizable, you could be killed I think that's a story that could be passed down in the Ozarks. So I'm going to go with B, the the killing the rich kid. So what story could Alan Schwartz not write 
Family accidentally ate a dead pet is A. B is poor parents murdered rich son because they didn't recognize him. Or C, bees made a nest in a man's brain. Or D, none of the above. The correct answer. Josh is two for two this week. Oh, see, I... Two for two, poor parents murdered rich son. I really thought that my logic was, like, sound on that Mm -hmm. one, because... It's just a very Ozarky thing to yes. murder a rich kid. And what this story, uh, to go deeper into this particular story, um, as he was looking into folklore to get inspiration, to have ideas, and he was loving all that kind of stuff, and for some reason he said it was just too dark. This particular uh, story, so the son lives with the parents, and he just looks like a regular person, And he goes off and he becomes rich independently. And all of a sudden he becomes very good looking. He changed so much about his appearance and made a lot of money. He hadn't seen his parents for years. And he thought that he would then go back to the house and uh, like like stay because they had... Surprise them. But you don't surprise people in the Ozarks. Well, they had an inn. So they had a hotel. So they had an inn. So the story is him going back into this old inn his parents owned. And uh, when he saw them, they didn't recognize him just like he wanted. And so he was happy because he was tricking them. And he said, well, I'm going to go to bed. And in the morning, I'm going to reveal who I really am. Well, in his sleep, they killed him because he was a rich guy. And they they robbed him. So, oh, they just robbed him. Well, they killed him, but they killed him because they wanted to take his money. I mean, the story in that is that your parents are evil. That's not like a lesson to be well, learned. Well, he never, they didn't recognize him. So they didn't know it was their son. And he didn't tell them that I'm your son. And he planned on doing that in the morning. And he didn't get to the morning because he got murdered. So they're just murdering all kinds of people that they're in probably, right? I guess so. If they're rich and they stay. So that's kind of the the Ozark the Ozark tale that Alvin Schwartz wouldn't tell. Beware the Ozark. But... So you've got two out of two. So by proxy, you have won the game because I could merely get one. Yes. So I gotta. I don't want to get a clean sweep here. I feel bad triumphing off of death, but hey, I'll, I'll take it. It's America. I mean, yeah, greater men have done it for less. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we were talking, kind of, you know, Steve Martin does a lot of stuff. One of the things he does very well is act. And yes, before we get into this, I want to ask: Do you have a favorite Steve Martin film or role that he's ever played? What was that movie where he played? Uh, the banjo a bunch in. I know that was his shtick, but he played the banjo. Uh, was it a like bunch the in. Prairie Home Companion thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I never it. saw that movie, but yeah. I, I just know there's a lot of banjo playing in like the entire film. Do you have a favorite Steve Martin movie? Funny you should ask because mm-hmm. this question is about that. Hmm. So my favorite Steve Martin movie of all time is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I didn't uh, see. I didn't see that coming. It's the greatest Thanksgiving film of all time and my favorite John Candy movie as well. Mm. Uh, So before Steve Martin and John Candy were cast in that, had another director before John Hughes did it. The guy, I think, who did something else. uh, It wasn't the guy from Big. It was something else. uh, Another big movie, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But was originally going to direct it. And so John Hughes came in and they shuffled around the casting but before they settled on Steve Martin for Steve Martin's role, they considered some other people. But what actor was not considered for Steve Martin's part? In Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. In Planes, who Trains, and Automobiles. Considered. Who was not considered to play Steve Martin's role before he did. Okay. So is it A, Dan Aykroyd wasn't considered, B, Rick Moranis wasn't considered, or C, Tom Hanks, or D, none of the above? Planes, trains, and automobiles. I thought it came out before all those guys were big. Well, no, that's a lie because Tom Hanks and, yeah. I think it was like 86-ish. Okay. 88, maybe? No, so they were, hmm. Or do I smell a rat? Okay, so I'm going to go D, 
none of the above. I'm going to go none of those guys. Not An- not Dan Aykroyd, not Tom Hanks, not Rick Moranis. All right, D, so, none. Uh, Tom Hanks was indeed considered for the role. They originally wanted Tom Hanks and uh, I believe it was John Travolta. Okay. That they wanted to star opposite. Yeah. But Tom Hanks was busy doing big, and uh, John Travolta was considered to be poison at the time. Whoa. He was box office poison because Travolta hadn't made like a. He, there's no good movies with Travolta in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. Rick Moranis did not do it, he was considered. Dan Aykroyd was never considered. So the answer oh, is no. A, Dan Aykroyd, the one actor not considered. They actually considered a lot of actors for those two roles that seemed like iconic for so those guys' a, career. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd was never considered. But Rick Moranis in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I think, still makes a good movie opposite John Candy. What happened this week? What happened this week? I got nothing, and you got two. I spiked the water. You spiked the water. That's what you did. Did you take it into my vintage Florida State plastic cup and just put something in there? I did. I did. I've actually been. Uh, we've been, you know, spending a good bit of time together today. We had some din din. We had din din. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, had yeah. a good time at the bins hanging. We were close today because there weren't a whole lot of people there, yeah. so we were able to thrift side by side for a lot of it slowly. Uh, so yeah, I just you know, slowly throughout the day, I've been Heaven plotting. I've been me. plotting my victory like a Batman villain. Yikers! So I went down zero. Josh got two this week. Congratulations to Last Call. Um, again, next week's episode is going to be the Thrifty Excursion. So keep your eyes peeled on the Thrifty Instagram. Also, I'll be making a YouTube video of that. If you guys aren't checking out our YouTube, please do. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We post thrift hauls, live streams, all kind of stuff. So go to our YouTube. Commonwealth Press, the softest shirts in America. I say that. They don't. CWPress.com. 50 shirts. Get 12 for free. Promo code THRIFTY. Also, a big thanks to Steve Barris of Bluffs. bluffs Bluffs.bandcamp.com. Alternate reality. The theme to our show for many reasons. Now, June 15th, we got the effing cookout. So I want everybody to show up for that. Again, go on to Facebook, look up the bad word cookout or thrifty podcast and you'll see thrifty start the beat neon brainiacs and also our friends in ghoul on ghoul. So Josh, in your week off of thrifty next week, what are you going to be up to? Uh, I'm probably going to get a haircut. I'm a little overdue. I need the, the trim up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I've been doing a lot of yard work trying to get things prepped. My house is covered in vines, which mm-hmm. so I like tightrope walked along a fence this last weekend for like an hour and ripped vines off of my house. And so you'll probably be catching up on that. How about booking any B and Bs, anything like that for any sort of parties coming uh, up? Might be, might be doing some stuff like that. Headed down to Florida. Maybe there's Maybe. another thrifty excursion on the horizon there, for things. There's a a rumor, and it will just leave it at that right now. Then June 29th, we'll be in Daytona Beach. In Daytona, it's a rumor. It's a strong rumor. We're both not prepared, so we broke my bail. But there's a strong rumor going around Daytona Beach Thrifty, which will be hella good. Wicked. Get roached.